Good evening. This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our part-time mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. Our spotlight is on mentorship. My guest is producer-director of the Yes Movie, Louis Lottman. You've seen him featured in Forbes and Time Magazine, NPR, Entrepreneur Magazine, CNN Money, The Huffington Post, Mashable, Fox Business. Well, tonight, Louis and I talk about mentorship. How important are mentors in our life? To find out more about Louis Lotman, go to his website, lewislotman.com and theyoungentrepreneursociety.com. This is fantastic information, so let's get to it. Hey, Louis, how are you doing today? Very good. That's great. Thank you for coming back on the show. And I um, want to know what you've been up to and uh, what's on your mind today. Well, I've been uh, traveling the world, sharing the good message of uh, conscious entrepreneurship and helping people take their business to the next level, really showing them how they can do more of what they love to do and less of what they don't love. Less of what they don't love. Wanted to know what you're doing in terms of uh, continuing your own growth, your own mentorship, and, uh, you know, staying on top of your game. Well, Sabrina, uh, as you know, uh, I always seek out the best of the best. Uh, so I literally uh, travel the world finding the best mentors and experts to learn from. And, you know, if I'm not training other people, I'm training myself. So that could be in the form of uh, reading a book, uh, going to a seminar, listening to an audio program. It could be taking someone out to lunch, just hanging out, having drinks with them, talking. Uh so always, always looking for the competitive edge, always looking to refine and improve myself. Uh, you know, I love the Albert Einstein quote. It says, the level of thinking that uh, caused your problems won't solve your problems, or the level of thinking that got you to where you are won't get you to where you want to be. So always looking for people who are bigger, better, smarter, stronger, faster, and uh, learning those strategies and installing them into myself. When you look for a mentor, like, say, um, a personal development or other ways, how many mentors do you have right now? Well, you know, that's the interesting thing about mentors, Sabrina, is that I have mentors that uh, they don't even know me. Uh, I have mentors who are dead. You know, I have mentors. Someone can be your mentor. You don't have to know them. You can just study their information, their lives, their successes, their challenges, their problems, uh, their ability to transcend circumstances. So uh, I always have several mentors, uh, and there's different areas of life. You know, I might want someone to be my financial mentor, but I don't want them to be my relationship mentor. I might want someone... Yeah, I might want someone to be my, um, you know, potentially my, I don't know. Again, it could be financial mentor, but I don't want them to be my physical health mentor. So, you know, I always have many mentors, always studying different areas uh, of life. You know, I, I like to look at the laws of nature and uh, people who've mastered these laws who are extraordinary at manifesting uh, quicker than most people. Uh, the things that they want. What's your biggest challenge in terms of mentorship? Are you really teachable or did you have to, you know, 
learn to let go of, uh, you know, the thoughts of, uh, you know, the great Louis Lottman or what were your, your biggest challenges when you first started your mentoring and when did you start getting that mentoring? Well, he, yeah, I mean, here, here's what it comes down to for anybody. Um, if you asked my third grade teacher if I was teachable, the answer was probably no. <laughs> and what it, what it comes down to is we're all teachable for what we want to learn. You know, you could take a 16 year old kid and, uh, they might be, uh, not listening in class and don't want to study and not interested in the things that most people think that they should, but you put them in front of a new video game, I promise you they'll learn it and they'll do whatever they can and research it and study, watch their friends, read up on the internet how to win it. Or you put them, you know, in front of a girl that they're interested in, they'll, they'll do whatever it takes to learn how to win over her heart. Um, so it's like what it comes down to is we're all teachable. It's just that are you trying to learn something that somebody else believes you should learn or are you authentically going out there and learning the things that you want to learn? Now, what, what happens is that most people are indoctrinated by their community, their society, their family, their teachers, their friends, uh, by someone else's values of what is right and what is wrong versus listening to their inner voice and what they truly know to be right, their passion, what excites them and motivates them. And when you do that, you're internally motivated. So you'll wake up early on a Saturday morning as a kid to run downstairs and watch cartoons, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But come Monday when <laughs> you have to get back to school, <laughs> it's it's one of the hardest things to get that kid out of bed if they're not internally motivated uh, to learn and, and go to school. So when we're internally motivated and we're doing the things that are in our flow, the things that we want to do, Nobody has to poke us out of bed. We we spontaneously out of bed, and we'll stay up as long as we can doing the thing that we love, which is why I've chosen to study the things that I love to do. And to me, uh, what most people think of as work isn't really work. It's really more play. And I stay up late at night researching the laws of success and achievement and uh, the laws of the universe and nature and I don't mind waking up real early and start studying them again uh, because it's something that I want to do. Have you been challenged by any of your current mentors? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, challenge, it's an interesting word because what, what immediately popped up for me was, have I been challenged? What, what immediately come up is, well, most people will think, well, that has a negative connotation where the word itself doesn't carry any meaning. It's we, people, that place the meaning on the world word. So when you first asked it, I thought to myself, uh, yeah, I've been challenged. And then what immediately came up is people think bad things. I think being challenged by your mentors is one of the greatest things that could possibly happen to you. You know, uh, most people uh, don't want to be challenged, want to be safe, want to be secure, don't want to grow, you know, growing involves a temporary feeling of pain, and most people want to feel pleasure all the time. That's why most people aren't going to have success, because they're not putting off 
the immediate gratification for long-term fulfillment. But when you start to get in the habit of being able to delay your gratification in order for a longer-lasting uh, inner fulfillment, um, you'll find that it gets easier and it gets better over time. So have I been challenged by my mentors? Absolutely, and I absolutely look forward to it. You know, for even a mentor to uh, what some people might think of is if they say, oh, I'm not going to work with you if you don't do this. Most people are like, oh, that mentor is a jerk. Well, no, they're challenging you and they're raising the bar. Most people are uh, either afraid or scared to raise their own standards for themselves because, oh, this is going to take some extra work. Oh, it's a lot, a lot easier just to sit on the couch and watch television. But if you really want to be a high achiever, that's not something that you should do much of. Uh, you know, there's time and place for everything, but there's also a time and a place to, to work and to get focused and to get committed and start associating with the right people. So um, have I been challenged by my mentors? The answer is yes. Um, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, financially, relationally, in every which way you could ever imagine. And it's always for the best. You know, I wouldn't pick a mentor who I don't believe has my best interest at hand. Now, environment and really growing. Uh, sometimes your environment can, you know, put a noose around your neck. <laughs> and many people don't understand the whole environment thing, um, they think, well, you know, I can uh, just be in the same spot. I can get my mentorship. Things will wind up great. I don't think so, necessarily. What do you say, what do you say to that? Well, you see, I'm a real big believer in setting up structures in your life that support and empower you to achieve your dreams and your goals. You see, a lot of people, they have what I call these structures, um, such as the location that they're living, the people who are in their life. I mean, it, it goes as far as the things that you see on the way home, whether it be from work or from school or from play, the color of your walls, the picture on your walls, the people who are calling you, the people in your environment, uh, either empower us or disempower us to live our dreams and go for our dreams and goals. And if we're not intentionally putting ourselves in an environment that's supporting us and empowering us to live our goals, we're making it harder on ourselves. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go out and buy a multi-million dollar mansion and a Ferrari sitting <laughs> in your driveway. These things are nice, but what you can have is pictures of some of the things that you do want to have around, or at least have those pictures in your mind. Maybe have the people in your life that you communicate with, maybe have them be positive and empowering. I mean, it, you can't pick your family, but you can pick your friends. Right. And one of the hardest things that people don't realize is when they have to consciously make a decision, because most people are living unconscious and not realizing all of the unconscious decisions that they've been making for years, but when they consciously have to make a decision that they want to be successful, that they want to achieve more, they come to a crossroad in their life where three things are going to happen. The first one is either nothing's going to happen, and that's a, you know, if you want to be successful, chances are you got to do something differently, so that's not an option. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a, an object at rest tends to stay at rest until acted upon by an outside force. And an object in motion tends to stay in motion until acted upon by an outside force. So until you have a compelling reason to get you to do something differently, most people don't change. Right. Well, let's say you actually make a decision to change. So the second possibility is that you're going to bring everybody with you. You're going to bring your friends. The third option, which is always the toughest option, Sabrina, but it's also the best option, is that sometimes you've got to say goodbye to the people in your life. You've got to detach yourself from some of the people in your life that you don't realize are holding you back. You know, for some people, we think, well, they're our friends, they're our family, it's my husband, it's my wife. And we don't realize that they are the shackles to slavery for us. You know, they don't want to lose us. They they love us. They're comfortable. Let's say you have two overweight uh, family members, a husband and wife. They're both 150 pounds overweight. Um, if one of those people wants to lose 150 pounds the, and the other person doesn't, do you think the other person is going to empower them to lose that weight? Probably not. If the other person wants to stop smoking, they don't want to lose their smoking partner. If they want to stop drinking and, you know, the other one's an alcoholic, they're not going to want to lose that person. So they're naturally, uh, they're like crabs in a bucket. You know, when you see a bunch of crabs in a bucket and you try and pull one out, the crabs pull the other crabs down. But successful people are like angels and they lift you up to the next level. So you have to really look at your life and ask yourself is, you know, is hanging out here watching television 10 hours a day, watching soap opera, watching sports, is this bringing me closer to my dreams or further away? And if it's bringing you closer and if what you want to do is just sit around with your friends and watch uh, somebody else's dream television, (laughs) yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm not here to define anyone's goals other than my own. But if if what your dream is is not what you're currently achieving, you're going to have to start looking around and start thinking to myself, I might have to detach myself from this person in order for me to grow my wings and fly. I might have to jump out of this nest and and begin to prove that I can fly. You know, that that was one of the greatest things that I realized when uh, I was in high school and started going off uh, on my own as I was growing 16, 17, 18, 19, going off to college and and realizing that I had a certain group of friends, and they were great, and they served me at the time. But what I realized is that I wanted more and bigger and better things. And, you know, I, I was willing to give up the time that I was spending with them in order to, to go on for more, go on to the universe, go on to New York City, and then get involved in business, and go on and uh, create a group of friends that were empowering me, go on and finding other people who were similar-minded and, and had like interests, uh, as well as mentors and people that I admire who I could learn from. But hanging out in the old environment, um, it wasn't really serving me. And what is amazing to me is how much people play this victim role when really they should be playing the victor role. They say, well, you know, I live on this part of town, and I grew up in this kind of family, and I do all this. And they, they look for reasons outside of themselves of why they're not being successful. And in reality, all they have to do is put themselves at cause, take responsibility for their results, and say, yeah, I caused that. And what's great about that is that they took certain actions to produce a certain result, and they realize all they need to do is take different actions, and they'll produce a different result. 
But a lot of people just point a finger at someone else and are looking to the government, looking to the school system, looking to uh, the environment of why things aren't happening for them, when really all they need to do is stop making excuses and start taking the right actions. And that's just to tie it back. That's where mentors come in. So if you are in an environment that's not serving you, change your environment. You know, if you can't change your friends, change your friends. That's just the reality of it. So sometimes those mentors can see they can see that that the things that we can't, and sometimes we don't know we're in the wrong environment or around the wrong people. Sometimes something catastrophic in life has to move us, and or mentor and or. you know, someone in a mastermind group has to say, yo, you know, you need a different perspective on things. You need to, to do something different. Has anything like that ever happened to you, or do you know anything like that in terms of your coaching, where you, you just have to say, hey, whoa, wait a minute. Something's got to change. Something's got to give. Yeah, well, well, of course it has. And I'll share with you in a moment with that many, one of the many, many experiences that I've had that have gotten me to the point of things have to change. What people don't realize is that, again, an object in motion stays in motion until acted upon by an outside force. An object at rest stays at rest until acted upon by an outside force. That's a law of the universe, a law of nature. Um, So things are going as they are. Things aren't going to change until something happens from the outside. But what we have to realize is that we have the power to change it. Rather than waiting for something catastrophic to happen, the only reason anybody does anything in life is to get out of pain or into pleasure. Mm-hmm. And the problem is most people won't change and do something differently to get into pleasure until something really painful happens. So I remember right out of, uh, I was really motivated in school and I wanted to start a business and I got out in New York City and got this job selling telecommunication services. I did really well. I was motivated and I thought I was going to work myself up the corporate ladder and I started doing that. I became a manager for this company. I was very, very successful and had my own office. And all of a sudden, what, what happened to me is my brother died. I had a brother who was three years older than me. And I started wow. thinking to myself, yeah, I was just like, whoa. You know, I've never yeah. experienced anything like that before. And I was like, maybe I'm going to die soon. You know, maybe... Maybe I don't know when it's going to happen to me. He, he was three years older than me. I was 23, 24 at the time. Mm. And I was like, well, what if I only had three years left? How would I want to live those next three years? Would it be working for this company? Would it be doing what I'm doing? And I thought, no way. You know, I'm going to create the life that I want. So rather than waiting, I mean, that was a catastrophic experience. And mm-hmm. I thought, no, you know what? I'm going to set up life the way I want it to be. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to live that life and be that person that I want to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I look at people and I think, well, what's it going to take? Is it going to take a death in your family? And is it going to take, you know, a catastrophic disease for you to experience before you finally realize it? That, you know, to me, life is all about figuring out how to do the stuff that you love to do and less of the stuff that you don't love. And then the way that our society is set up is that you have to generate enough income to support your lifestyle. Now, not everybody needs to live in a mansion and drive a Ferrari. However, if that's what you want, it's possible doing what you love. You know, you might be happy living in someone else's house, eating their food, getting driven around, 
And and you can paint all day if that's what you want to do. But if you want to be able to prepare for some other activities or adventures, then you have to learn to generate revenue. And why not generate revenue doing the thing that you actually love? Like, why not figure out what you love to do? Because then you could wake up real early in the morning and stay up real late at night and work 15 hours in a day. And other people will look and think, oh, my gosh, you're so committed. You're working so hard. When in reality, you got to play all day long. And you really didn't work that much. And that's what I show people to do. People who come through my trainings, that's why I started an outsourcing company. I help people stop doing the stuff that they don't love, help them figure out what their core competencies are and, and do what they enjoy. We offer people that do the stuff that they don't like. I mean, to me, that's a nice life to be able to do your business, do your dream, you know, live your goals, and doing the stuff that you like and having someone else do the stuff that you don't like. That's what I help people do. And you're helping people to break through. What are some of the maybe one or two things that have really made a profound effect in your life for the better? Well, I I shared one of them. Uh, You know, certainly waking up to the innate potential that I had lying dormant inside of me and realizing that I don't need to wait for it anymore. You know, most of us, we sit around and we think, well, I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough experience. I haven't collected enough information. I don't come from the right family. I'm not ready for that. I don't have the right education. All these things come up for us when in reality, as we say in the Yes movie, for those that haven't seen that, it's the uh, focus of Today's Youngest Millionaires. I was the executive producer. You can see it at www.thesmovie.com. Um, what we say in that movie is, all, you don't have to know the million and million steps to do in front of you. Andrea Lake says that. She says, all you really need to know is, what do I do next? Right. What do I do next? All, all you need to do is get started. You know, once you take that step, the next step always appears. Even if you don't know what it is, it'll always reveal itself to you. But for a lot of us, we're waiting around, waiting around, waiting around, and and... For me personally, there's been so many things that tell me I'm on the right path. You know, the money shows up at the right time. The client shows up at the right time. You know, don't 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 get me wrong. There's times when I think, oh, how am I going to make my, my, my bills this month? How am I going to pay my employees this month? And then all of a sudden, things work out. There's always a way. You see, the ultimate resource is not having a lot of money or having a lot of smarts. You know, that's that, those are all real important. But the most, the, the ultimate resource is resourcefulness. It's being able to do the things that you want to do with what you have. You know, uh, one of my mentors, friends, and one of the stars of the Yes movie, Les Brown, he always says, grow where you're planted. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a plant and you're planted somewhere, you, you can't, you can't really uproot yourself and, and, uh, go plant yourself somewhere else. Now, we as human beings, we, we have that ability. As Les Brown also says, you know, a tree can only be a tree, you know, as we've shown the, the Yes movie, uh, you know, uh, a certain animal can only be a certain animal. But humans, we, we have the ability to be anything that we want. We actually can uproot ourselves. And, you know, for you, for me, uh, there was a time I was living in New York City. I moved to Florida and I was like, oh, this is great. I had a big dream of moving to Florida. And I was like, great, sunshine state. And I thought, all right, now what's my excuse? Now what's my, it's a question I would always ask myself. You know, what's my excuse now? I'm living in paradise. I've got, you know, the positioning and the 
the opportunity that I've created for myself. What's my excuse not to be successful now? And again, a lot of other people, we look out to others and say, well, you know, they're just lucky. Oh, they're the first to market. Oh, they, they studied, you know, how to do technical stuff in college. And I didn't have that. None of that matters. What matters at the end of the day is our burning desire, you know, this fascination that, that we have with our level of success and what we're moving toward and that we're consistently moving in that direction. And you'll find that the things that you once thought were important become less important. And the things that you focus on, that becomes your reality. And that's what you begin to manifest more and more of. So, which is why it's so important to focus on the high-level things that really matter most and stop thinking about the things that don't matter. In getting people... Um, you know, to mentor you and, and, and picking your mentors. Um, you have, you say you've been challenged on, um, you know, those particular things and you've had to change them. Now I want to go backwards. Um, what are some things that you were persistent in holding on to that, uh, you really had to, had to break? Hmm. Talking about like habits or thoughts mm-hmm. and beliefs. Habits, and thoughts, beliefs. Uh huh. Well, so here's one of the interesting things that uh, a lot of people know about me, a lot of people don't know about me. For the last year and a half, I've been location independent, meaning literally for the last year and a half, I've been traveling the world uh, about every anywhere from you know two to four to six to eight weeks. I've been uh, just packing up and going to a different city all around the world. I've been setting up shop, doing a series on, doing it in the next town. And for me, I had to give up all my stuff. So I've been working with these virtual assistants for the last several years, and I realized how powerful they can be to help someone build a business. I run two companies right now, and then I sit on the board of directors, and I'm an advisor for a handful of other companies. So... I have put these systems in place in my business that create reoccurring income, that have systems that work so I don't have to. Uh, I have people and processes that are managed, and then I manage all of it, and I kind of oversee it, make sure that it's all working. And, of course, I'm still doing things to, to keep that thriving. But I had to give up everything. You know, I started thinking about all the excuses that people make. I started thinking about, well, you know, I have this, I have that. And I started giving up all my stuff, literally, except for about two weeks of my favorite clothes and a couple little knickknacks. Uh, I'm very nimble and can be anywhere in the world at any time. I go to the best networking events around the world. I go to the best uh, experiences around the world. And I can be anywhere at, at any time. And I do this intentionally uh, to show what's possible for people. So... I had to give up my television, my bed, my couch, I mean, all these little knickknacks I found around my house, and I started thinking to myself, why do I even own this? Like, I bought this <laughs> 10 years ago, and it looks crazy right here. It's taking up room. Um, and I was thinking to myself, why do I even have this? And I started giving up all my stuff, all my stuff. And, oh, it was so hard to, you know, I sold some stuff. I gave away some stuff. I gave away about 80% of my clothes, and chances are, you know, it's the old 80-20 rule. We only use about 20% of our clothes anyway, um, as well as anything else that you can apply that to, which is pretty much everything. So I basically have 
a couple of bags and myself. I have my phone and my computer. And I remember, is I remember this distinctly. I was uh, at this event and I'm coaching a guy and I'm talking to him. And he's like, I really like that person right there because he has no worries in his life. I'm like, really? Would you like that person? He's like, yeah, he doesn't think about anything. I, I started, you know, peeling back the onion and asking him some questions. And he said, I really like him because he doesn't worry about anything. And then I started going further with this guy. And it turned out, like, as with most people, most people make their decision on the constraints of the past, mm-hmm. not on the possibilities of the future. And... I was going and sharing this with this person about how successful people make their decisions. They make their decisions based on what they want, not on what they used to think they were capable of, but what they want. And then they figure out a way to make happen what they want. It's an amazing mind shift. And I remember after that conversation with this gentleman, I, um, you know, I said goodbye to him. And then I started looking around and this was my final piece. It was like, there was one other thing that would ever make me, you know, really get concerned, let's say, was if I lost my computer. So I pack up and I'm like, wait a second, I lost my computer. It was really interesting because all my information was on there. And I was like, oh, no, I, I need my computer. Um, turns out I lost my computer. I was at a hotel and I'm trying to find it. And we couldn't find it. I was shocked. And then the very next day, um, you know, I was a bit concerned, and I was sharing this story with somebody. He's like, you know, at the right time, your computer's going to show up. Next thing you know, I looked over, and there was my computer being handed to me. Wow. The reason I'm telling you, the reason I'm telling you this story is that I have gotten to a point where I know who I am. I can create, recreate, manifest the things that I want to manifest because I take ownership for my results. I was willing to give up all my stuff as I am today that I go into a new town and recreate a new uh, every single time. And then I can go back and, and build and leverage the things that I've been creating in these towns. I love traveling. I love talking about business. And I love meeting new people. So I, I get to do that all day long. And that's all I do. I travel the world, meet new people, and talk about business. And it's a lot of fun. And that's what it is for me. And for other people, they can live that kind of lifestyle first if they realize that first I need to create my lifestyle. And then I need to figure out how to generate income around it. So what was good was that I actually had all my information backed up, um, you know, in terms of my, my business systems and all my content and intellectual property and all my personal items. All that was backed up. So if I lost my computer, you know, worst thing that would happen, all right, I have to go to the Apple store and buy you know, another $1,500 MacBook Air, um, which wouldn't have been the coolest thing to do, but, you know, I... Go out and do it all over again and just download all my items from you know, from the cloud. Mm-hmm. However, the fact is all those systems are in place. So what would I have, what did I have to give up? I mean, I've given up every single attachment to stuff because I know that's not the important thing. The important thing is, is who we become on this journey. And if who we become is a person that takes responsibility for our results as well as become a person, um, who's out there to serve the greatest good and is committed to doing what they want to do, uh, my belief is you can truly have anything and everything that you want. You just have to take action, and you have to make it a lifestyle. 
And then next thing you know, because of who you are, you're going to start attracting the things that you do want, and then you're going to start repelling away from you the things that you don't want. And then you're going to start to train people of who you are. And then next thing you know, you're going to be living that lifestyle that you that you desire. What are a few of the things today uh, that you're doing that uh, when you first began this journey, and even before the Yes movie, you're really amazed by? What are What are a couple of those things? Well, I, I'm so happy and grateful for technology. You know, one of the one of the things that I absolutely love, like one of my hobbies, <laughs> is finding productivity systems, finding applications uh, online, software. Like I'm so amazed that I could be sitting here in a very large house. I'm halfway around the world in, in London, England, and yeah. we're creating a product. Yeah, we're going to create a product that we're going to market online, and it's going to impact thousands and ultimately tens of thousands of people. I'm amazed that the technology exists to do this, and I'm just so excited what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, next five years, ten years in terms of technology. I'm amazed that I can go into a, a town and I can get together, you know, 50, 100, couple hundred people in a room to listen to me talk about business and productivity and lifestyle design and achievement and success uh, wherever I go. I mean, it's everything that I intended to happen and everything that I was committing to make happen. And I'm just amazed that there truly is opportunity and possibility out there as long as you hold on to that belief. You know, I, I love the story of Walt Disney's brother fielding a question from a reporter that was there the day that Disney World opened. And for those that don't know, you know, Walt Disney never got to see the completion in reality, you know, out in the real world. And the reporter said to Walt Disney brother said, you know, it's, it's really a shame. You know, how do you feel that Walt never really got to see Disney World completed? And then his response was magnificent in that he said, the only reason that you're here today is because Walt saw this vision 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he held that vision. And he tried to get a bank loan and was turned down. He tried to get another guy turned down. He tried 350-some-odd banks before he could finally get his first loan. That's right, how because he created it in the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Right. So how many people would have persisted on in the face of that? And now look at it's the happiest place on earth. So we need the dreamers. We need the creators. We need the, the pie in the sky, people whose head are in the clouds, to believe in themselves and to know that what they want to create and manifest in their life is possible if they hold on to that dream and never let go. Yeah, you know, some people are afraid to live on that edge. They they just have to know what's around that corner. And um, I'm well, here, here's 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 the thing about the edge. Have you ever have you ever? You know, I was on a I was on a cruise a uh, month and a half. I was speaking at an event called the uh, Women of Global Change. And I was one of the only male speakers at the event. And we had a, a nice little cabin there. And, you know, when you're in the room, you look out. We had a balcony. When you look out, you could see 
uh, if you're looking at a clock, basically like 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock, the view of like the ocean out there. Yeah, it was pretty nice. But the closer we got out to that edge, the closer we got out, you know what happened to the view? What happened? Uh, it, it became so vivid and clear and magnificent. Not only was my view from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock, I could see all the way out to the left side, which would be 9 o'clock, all the way out to the right side, which would be 3 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 180 degrees of the majestic Atlantic Ocean through our, our cruise line with the sun setting and the moon. And, and it was absolutely phenomenal. But if I stayed out, you know, in my cabin and didn't get close to that edge, I never would have gotten to experience that. But let's take that cruise ship, for example. A cruise ship in the harbor is safe. But that's not what a cruise ship was made for. A cruise ship was made to go out and voyage into the unknown and, and explore. That's what people are made for. And when we set up our shop, right on the edge, right on the edge, it's a little scary out there. But if you could stand powerfully and confidently on that edge and look off into the mist and know, just know, because you say so, that you're going to have the things that you want, you're going to have a more exciting, fulfilling life life is. You just have to believe it. And then you have to start, if you are the person that would have that kind of dream, that would have that kind of life. Because a lot of people, oh, we dream it, we live it, oh, that sounds so nice. But then we don't do the things that someone like that would do. Again, it's like that example I told you, that person I was coaching, they start making this the decisions, they start making decisions on their actions, their behaviors, based on who they were yesterday, last week, last month, last year, not based on who they want to become, but on who they were. And you know what happens when you start doing things the same way that you used to do things? Nothing happens. The same old thing. Well, what what happens is the same stuff. <laughs> you keep doing the same stuff. You get the same results. You become the same person. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens if you were to powerfully stand in the present, not allowing your past to hold you down, but allowing your future to pull you forward, and you looked into that future, and you define clearly what you wanted, and you began moving powerfully into that future, acting into the future as if you were that person, you know what's ultimately going to happen over time? What's going to happen? <laughs> You're going to become that person mm-hmm. who does the things that that person does and then who ultimately has the things that that person has. And all you need to do is act into your future. Figure out who you want to be. And now... What does that kind of person do? And if you do the things that that person does, ultimately you'll have the things that that person has. That's just, it's a law of nature. You know, it's the whole being, doing, having. Most of us stand up this thing, I'll do this thing, and then ultimately I'll become that person. When in reality, we need to first become that person. In the present moment, merely by knowing believing, and declaring this is who we are, not based on the constraints of the past, but based on the possibilities of the future. This is who I am. And then you do the things that that person does, and ultimately you'll have the things that that person has versus waiting to have all that stuff and then doing that those things. You declare you are that person, and you prove it by acting like that person. And 
again, you'll start to attract the things that are attracted to the vibration that you're acting into, and then you'll start to repel the things that aren't attracted to you. You'll get rid of the things that are not aligned with that person that you want to be. Now, some of you, you might think, wow, this is crazy. Well, just try it. Just try it. If you start acting like an elegant, friendly person that can communicate with people with money and who has friends with people who have money, uh, who, who serves those people and is loving and caring, um, don't you think that if that's who you say and you start doing those things, aren't more of those people going to want to kind of be around you and, and be within your company? Of, of course they are. Mm-hmm. Well, here's yeah. the thing. If, if, if you come from, let's just say, you come from an elite family, you have an Ivy League degree, you're given millions and millions of dollars, if you start acting like an idiot and you start hanging out with a bunch of idiots and you start doing all the things that foolish people do, do all these things, over time, you're going to become that person, aren't you? You're going to become a fool and an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. And it's merely acting out into your future self. And that's what the most successful people do. They clearly define, like a map, like the cruise ship, know exactly where it's going. And without a question, they go there. You know, when a plane takes off, it knows where it's landing. But believe it or not, along the way, it's not a straight line. And for those of you on social media, you may have seen this is what people think success looks like, and this is what it really looks like, this squiggly line. Um, Just know that where you're at is perfect. You're moving in the right direction. If you're listening to this, and we've been on this call almost an hour, if you've listened thus far, I already know that you're, you're moving in the right direction. So you've got to forge on. Keep moving forward. Don't hold back. Keep acting into your future and keep taking action because whatever result that you're getting is the perfect result for you, and it's an opportunity to learn, to grow, evolve, and become a more well-equipped person to make better decisions in the future. For those of you that thought you failed, really what you did is you were successful in learning a way not to do the thing that you wanted, so you're better equipped for next time. For those of you that got the thing that you wanted, congratulations. Keep doing the things that you're doing to get you what you want, and when you realize that you're not getting what you want, the game's not over. Just change what you're doing. You know, I, I I recently talked to a friend uh, who uh, was saying that the best time in their life was when they were a, 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 a teenager. And I said, my heavens, <laughs> whoa. Now, as a young professional, I've, I've found various times in my life wonderful. Why do you think people stay stuck in that zone that, you know, hey, yesteryear was the best time. They can't make that time uh, a good time or even greater time today. Yeah, well, what I would tell you if you're listening to this, uh, listen, I I love my teenage years. I mean, boy, was that great. You know, no responsibilities, hang out with my friends, have a good time. My belief is that you need to make now the best time, like right now the best time, and then now the best time. Your now always has to be your best time, because if not, Things are going downhill. You're losing. You're dying. You're not growing. You're 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 shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting is a lot of people. Again, it comes down to personal responsibility. A lot of people say, "Well, that was the best time." It, it, if you put yourself at cause for the results that you have in your life, and you realize that right now is the best time, some of you might think, "No, no, no! How could it be the best time when I was young? I was had this and I had that. I didn't have to do that. I didn't have my kid. And I didn't have my husband. Ah, all these things." Well, you need to make right now the best time. You need to change it. 
again, if you can't change uh, your situation, change your situation. You know, if you can't change your friends, change your friends. Um, you know, you have to realize that you have the personal power to dictate your future and not allowing other people to do so. Play by the rules. You're living in a community and a society, but set yourself up to win. Find uh, a location and a structure and a system that works for you. That's why I think entrepreneurship is so beautiful, because you truly can get creative and set your business up in a way to win. Now, you might have a business, and it might be set up to win, but you might not be generating any income, and that's okay. Just realize that all the actions that you've taken up until now have not generated income. Now, we just have to find someone else that's generating the income that we want, find out what systems they're using, and then begin the process of implementing them in our system. And then start measuring in my business. Is this system working? Is it giving me what I want? If it is, keep doing what you're doing. If it's not, change it. And then keep changing until you find something that's giving you more of what you want. So we have to realize that it ultimately comes up to us to determine that, yeah, right now is great. Look at the future possibilities. Look at the potential. You know, what's great about right now? You know, there's two things that need to happen. You either change your perception or you change your procedure. So your perception is, well, no, it's not that great. Well, you have to change the perception. Well, what could be great about it? Well, this could be great. What, what could be great about that? And what could that do for you? And what's good about this? And when you start focusing on all the good things, you're like, wow. I guess that really could be great. So you change your perception of, of right now. Or you change your procedure, which is, well, how did I end up here? Well, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. Well, maybe you should do something differently, and then you can get a different result, and now it could be the best time. And just realizing that you created this can start putting you on the path to doing something differently and creating better results. So that within itself could be an amazing thing. So change right now, change your perception. Or change your procedure. Awesome. What's up for uh, Lewis Lotman? What do you got planned now for the future? Well, you know, uh, let's see. In two and a half weeks' time, I'll be speaking on a stage with 20,000 people with Richard Branson and Lord Alan Sugars, who is the um, Donald Trump equivalency. He is uh, the guy who does The Apprentice out here in the U.K., Wow. And uh, I'll, I'll be speaking on that stage, and then I'll be coming back into Las Vegas for an event uh, called CEO Space that I go to five times a year in Las Vegas. Uh, and then I'm going out to Australia, speaking at a bunch of different events out there. And then after that, looks like I'll probably be coming to Southern California and doing a series of events out there. Uh, right late spring time, early summer. Um, but always looking for, if anyone's listening to this and this is a message that you resonate with, I invite you to reach out to me, find me, bring me out into your organization to speak to them. I have an outsourcing company. We provide full-time virtual assistant services. We provide labor, anything that can be done online or on the telephone. We handle the things that you don't want to do, don't know how to do, don't like to do, so you can do more of what matters most. Focus on your core competencies generate more revenue quicker, and help, allow us to help you build the systems around the things that aren't generating revenue for you, that are draining your time and energy. Um, I want to help you be successful. I want you to win. And if you're listening to this, I'd love for you to tell me to this audio program uh, with Sabrina Marie and what it's done for you. 
thanks so much. This goes out to 22 countries now, and I'm sure you'll you'll be getting a great response. I'd like to thank you for being our guest. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs>